Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Breaking News Edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston. I have just finished recording an episode of WrestleNomics Radio that is now completely irrelevant and obsolete. Um, I'm joined today by MJ from MJ. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Brandon, the day is finally here, or soon to be here, but uh, on the precipice. Reportedly. Uh, reportedly on the precipice. Let's get our of, caveats uh, right. Of industry-changing news. CNBC has reported, this was published at 4.23 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is less than, a, less than an hour ago. Uh, Alex Sherman of CNBC has reported headline, WWE near deal to be sold to UFC parent Endeavor, sources say. His key points here are, is Vince McMahon's WWE is in advanced talks to be sold to R.A. Emanuel's Endeavor Group, the parent of UFC. The deal would combine UFC and WWE into one publicly traded company. WWE has spent the past several months looking for a buyer, as we all know. Um, it's obviously WrestleMania tonight, night two. Many people, many business partners and representatives are in LA and I'm sure have been invited and are present at SoFi Stadium as they were last night and will be again tonight. Um, this is this is not an April's Fool joke as far as I know. Uh, it seems that this is really happening. We, we spent uh, the, the last several days listening to Nick Khan make various media appearances, talking about the robust, robust interest in WWE. I admittedly have been skeptical, but here we are. Uh, this is a credible report from a credible reporter. It looks like Endeavor will separate in, in, from UFC, at least, is being pulled out of, of Endeavor and being combined with WWE. According to this report, Ari Emanuel will run both companies. So As CEO. As CEO. Um, other other details we should hit on before we start to try to uh, analyze this. And yes, we will take your questions if you want to put a super chat in. Um, the deal, according to the CNBC article, a deal could be announced as soon as Monday. That is tomorrow. Um, again, they're going to the, the notion is that they would form a new publicly traded company. So we would not have a private WWE with no SEC filings. It would continue being a publicly traded company combining those two live sports entities. Um, the attribution here from Alex Sherman is according to people who declined to be named people sounds plural do uh, who declined to be named due to the confidential nature of the discussions. Uh, Endeavor is slated to own 51% of the new company. WWE shareholders would get 49%. WWE is being valued at an enterprise value of 9.3 billion. That is consistent with the Bloomberg report from weeks ago from Lucas Shaw reporting that Vince's asking price was $9 billion. Sounded like a lot of money to me. I've said things like nobody's going to bid on that. Unless you're the Saudis, you see some public relations value in it. In any event, this is what the article says. They're valuing the enterprise value of W at $9.3 billion. The market capital, that is the value of all the shares as of the close of the market on Friday, is about $6.8 billion. $6.8 billion, that's market capital. It's slightly different than enterprise value. Maybe you could explain that to us. Versus $9.3 billion in enterprise value. Uh, let's start there with trying to understand this. That this. So if I'm understanding this right, I don't, I don't totally understand who's behind this deal or what. I mean, clearly it's Endeavor and WWE. Maybe there's private equity involved. I think you have a little bit of experience in that, MJ. Um, but this deal is being, this, this deal is going to be done with sort of the agreement that WWE is worth $9.3 billion. Have I got that right? With WWE worth nine point three billion, and just man of my word, here is my hat. 
and that is me eating it because I did not see this coming. Uh, I was on your airwaves the other day and said, whoever purchases for $9 billion, the good luck to those shareholders of that company. Although in this case, it's going to be a new company. Um, and we can get into kind of what that shareholder base will look like, whether or not it is obviously going to be existing Endeavor shareholders and WWE shareholders. They will all get shares in Nuco. Um, there may so, be other. So if I own yeah. W shares, I don't. Do you? Mm-hmm. I do not. So if, if, if someone listening to this podcast, this, whatever this is, owns 10 shares in WWE, are they going to still own shares? If it, let's, let's assume that a deal is done on Monday, on Tuesday, what did they own then? It'll take a while before the deal clears, and we will have to see what, if any, regulatory challenges or just what any um, the steps in the process will look like before the deal is officially closed. But upon closing, I imagine that uh, if owners of WWE um, shares will wake up the next day and be issued shares of Nuco, uh, likely for their is that, that, well, that the official name of, of this company? We're 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 using Nuco, which I, I think is just a standard yeah. way to refer to a company that is that is being created out of this transaction, but this doesn't have a name. I don't know. I don't know what the Nuco fact. Combat Sports has a good ring to it. But I digress. You'll wake up with shares issued um, relative to what you own. So if you know they'll come up with what that fair valuation is in terms of the conversion from WWE shares to Nuco, and likewise for Endeavor, you'll likely receive additional shares. Um, you may see reduced shares in Endeavor again to be so, so W shares closed ninety two dollars and twenty six cents. So they'll mm-hmm. they'll be valued a lot more than that soon. I would think by like thirty three percent more pretty soon. I would think. You would think that if that is the correct valuation, enterprise value of the company, that the stock has a lot more appreciation to do before it realizes that value, um, and therefore making the making a conversion of the shares one to one. In the meantime, it, it could certainly be a two for one situation based on the value, or at one and a half shares for one. It, it'll come down to where the stock is at the time of the transaction, but it would assume likely that it'll be close to that 9.3 billion number as usually the case when these deals close. Okay. Is, is enterprise value and market capitalization are two kind of different things, but they are pretty similar, right? But what enterprise value just involves debt, takes debt into account. Is that right? Yeah. And the market cap um, you know, on a very, very high level is the shares outstanding times the current stock price, right? So you can just imagine- the value of all the shares according right. to the to the stock market price. You can imagine that somebody owning the stock has determined, okay, I think the value, maybe their own personal belief of what the enterprise value or you could hear book value or however you want to come up with your point, your your valuation. Um Every investor comes up with what they think a company should be valued at and then has shares and the combination with the outstanding shares equals market cap. In this case, because it's being done um, through an M&A transaction, you could assume there's bankers involved, that there's likely been an evaluation of here are all the assets, here are all the liabilities, in this case, debt. And here's what we believe the enterprise value is, regardless of what the stock market, the public market thinks, here's what we think that that is to be. Um, and that's what we'll value this transaction at using that enterprise value. Um, just to review some of the other details that CNBC has reported here. Ari Emanuel, the famous agent who, what's the show that's based on him? Entourage? Entourage, yes. Ari Gold. So he, he is currently the CEO of Endeavor. And Endeavor, for people who don't know, is UFC. Um, it's a talent agency. It's a streaming company. It's professional bull riding. 
It's probably a lot of other assets that I don't know that much about. But it's, it's a lot of different assets. But the biggest one is probably UFC, probably, probably by, by, by a fair margin, would you say? Yeah, and we can read into this article where they come out and say the UFC's enterprise value uh, relative to what, again, the market cap of Endeavor is. And you can kind of make an inference that UFC is a real big part of that Endeavor business, um, maybe even uh, – larger or more viable business than endeavor as a whole and you know the sum of the they often say the sum of the parts are greater than the whole and in this case it looks like the sum of ufc is certainly greater than the whole so endeavor. endeavor's market cap stood at this is reading directly from the cnbc article uh, endeavor's market cap stood at 10.53 billion dollars at friday's close the endeavor we deal values ufc at more than 12 billion so Endeavor by itself, according to the stock market, is valuing the entire company, UFC and everything else in Endeavor, at $10.5 billion. This deal is valuing UFC at $12 billion. So, so WWE is getting, I don't know if bought is the right word, but is getting merged at a premium. UFC is getting merged, spun off at a premium. at a premium. Who's paying for that extra value? Is there private equity likely to be involved here, do you think? I would expect that you'll see both stocks. And again, none of this is financial investment, any kind of advice. This is just speculation. My background is working in uh, investment advisory business. Um, but pure speculation is that those stocks will appreciate coming out of this news. Uh, will there be outside money? Could there be outside money, private money? Um, going back to when UFC was purchased by Endeavor, Endeavor was a private company at the time, and there was uh, a lot of, I'll say, capital raised vis-a-vis investment offerings to individuals or organizations, um, institutions to have the option to buy in, to provide capital, to finance the UFC deal, in which now they would become owners of UFC, which ultimately, when it became when Endeavor became public, would translate to being owners of Endeavor. On the equity side, and it's a common practice for private companies to go out and to fundraise in that manner, where they're going to offer investments, whether it be to um, wealthy individuals, whether it be to accredited investors, whether it be to funds, um, all kinds of funds, stock and, and wealth so, funds. So, so private, private equity funds. is coming, and these are people with deep pockets, maybe a group of them, and and they're essentially buying these entities, including WWE and UFC, and then. Nuco They're making an is investment. going to pay pay back pay them back, and that uh, and they will take on debt. Think of the cap table of all the people that own a company. It is possible that a company may issue uh, investment or may issue equity in the form of private equity investments to outside parties that then would be added to a cap table capitalization table. The owners of a company, and when this company, the Nuco company, begins trading, they will own shares just like everybody else. Um, but it would help finance the deal in terms of raising capital and having that investment infusion get the deal across the finish line. Now everybody's an equity holder. Um, more common in private companies um, because in public markets you can you can purchase the shares in the public markets. But still a common practice where companies will make investments as such. Um, we've talked about all the different properties that Endeavor has and owns, and I'm sure there are other investors in those properties from prior to Endeavor owning it. I don't think Endeavor started bull riding. They may have, I'm not aware, right? You can imagine somebody owned it prior. Um, we know that with UFC, there was investment groups going in before it you know, ultimately was completed with Endeavor and then made public through the Endeavor IPO. 
so, and, and another question here is who's going to run these companies and is Vince going to stay around, which has been a big question, um, whether Vince who made his basically forced return to the company in January after resigning the prior July, is he going to be allowed to stay? And this is what the CNBC article says. Uh, Ari Emanuel is expected to re- to act as chief executive for both Endeavor, which is going to continue to exist without UFC, and the new company. So Ari Emanuel is going to run both of these companies, the chief executive for both of those, those companies. Vince McMahon is expected to be the executive chairman, Endeavor president, Mark Shapiro will work in the same role at the new company. Dana White will remain president of UFC. Nick Khan will serve as president of the wrestling business. So similar roles for everybody. Mm-hmm. Somehow we've got Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro in charge of both, though, is what it sounds is like. It, is that correct that Mark Shapiro remain will be involved in NUCO, or is he retaining the role as president of Endeavor? Endeavor president Mark Shapiro will also work in the same role at the new company. Okay. Which it creates like an, both. it creates an interesting org chart, right? You can imagine Mark Shapiro then sits above both Dana White and Nick Khan. You can imagine Vince McMahon sits above Mark Shapiro as executive chairman, though it's to be determined what role that actually is. It could be more entitled than anything else. Um definitely tough to read through as to how that dynamic will work because you do have Ari being CEO CEO of both companies. Um, so I think there's probably, if I had to guess, a lot more to come on what the management and org structure looks like there and whose responsibilities are what and what their public or behind the scenes role would be, um, given that you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, it would appear. Yeah. And by the way, I know there's a few super chats. We're going to get to those as, as soon as we we'll, let's lay out all the details here and try to explain them. And, and we will get to your questions uh, if you've put one in. And if you haven't already, you can um, if you want to put in a super chat. Um, so Vince stays, Vince stays in power. It sounds like we just got an employment agreement for Vince that makes it clear that he's not just a member of the board of directors anymore. He's not just hanging around the office and sometimes showing up to TV. He was at TV last night, WrestleMania. He was at raw a few weeks ago. Um, he's a, he's a full-time employee again. Uh, he has a, he has a salary and he is staying with the new merged company. Um, and what else do we, do we have, uh, as in, in this article, um, McMahon returned to the company. The deal effectively ends WWE's decades-old status as a family-run business. Does one question I, I was talking uh, with you about MJ is does does Vince no longer continue to be a, a controlling owner? Vince will probably still own a big piece of new company. He will not be the eighty percent voting controlling owner, though. Does that sound right? It, it does. Something that you brought up today on your uh, your your show with uh, Jesse was the abno- uh, how abnormal it was that Vince was able to come right back in. And there's one reason why is because he's 80 percent controlling shareholder. He owns the company. So if he decides that he wants to reinstate himself, if he wants to push around the. Uh, the existing board that way. He wants to influence it by bringing back Barrios and Wilson in order to get the favorable status. Sure, he could. In this NUCO, it does not appear he will have that ability, right? He is going to be, at the very least, if he owned every share of the WWE side of this, a 49% owner, which is far less than the 80-plus percent today. And it would appear that he will report to somebody 
Uh, it does say he will be executive chairman of NUCO, but it's an interesting structure where this will be majority owned by Endeavor, which tells me that somehow, some way, he will report to somebody. Opposed it sounds to like he would report unchecked. to Mark Shapiro and or Ari Emanuel. That's where it depends on what the roles will be, right? Because executive chairmen and presidents of companies could have all different roles, all different companies. Uh, at the end of the day, though, there's a shareholder base, which is no longer dominated by the majority owner, Vince McMahon. Uh, he may be the majority owner of the WWE portion, which, again, would now be a minority, 49% against the 51% by Endeavor in their shareholders. Okay. And... It's, it sounds like, you know, if, if it's not a, a company, if WWE is not an independent company that's controlled by Vince McMahon, then this doesn't continue to, to go on to be a company that's controlled by his descendants, whether that's Stephanie or whomever. I mean, there's no reason to, to let's not get ahead of ourselves. So as soon as I say that, I can hear people say, what about Triple H? Well, there's no reason to, to doubt that Triple mm-hmm. H will not continue to be in some prominent role in this company. Um, but that's, it's not going to go from, you know, Vincent J to Vincent K to uh, whoever's the next generation of leaders. Um, I guess we, we can start getting into these, um, some of these super chats here. We'll just, I'm just going to go through these, uh, in, in order. And we um, should preface this. I believe it's one article by Alex Sherman. Yes. Right. Yes. Obviously, in my experience and from my following both investor relations, public relations, this kind of news doesn't come out the day of WrestleMania. Unless it's pretty solid. Um, I don't think this is kind of pie in the sky. WWE's going into res- uh, gambling. I think this is pretty solid at this point. Details still to come. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot out there. So a lot of this might be reading through it or just kind of, you know, using educated guesses as to speculating what it could potentially mean. But there's still a lot more to break here. Um, and I think a lot of that is what we'll see tomorrow, maybe. So. We have uh, this question from Yoga316. Will Raw, SmackDown, NXT after this still be on TV? Yes. Fear not. It better be. (laughs) Otherwise, spent a lot of money on, uh, I don't know what, live events and uh, Uh, merch. Uh, Yeah, TV rights should still stay intact. To the average wrestling fan, not much is going to change, at least immediately. Um, No. And and it's interesting. It brings us up another point. You know, W has to renew TV rights for for NXT sooner, but but more importantly for Raw and SmackDown, uh, which are going to expire October 2024. Um, New deal is set to be renegotiated. Uh, You know, according to Nick Khan's comments earlier this week, they probably are now in the exclusive negotiating window for NBCU, for Raw, for Fox, for SmackDown. Something we'd started to, to speculate about is whether or not maybe a TV deal has to be done first if a major media conglomerate is not going to buy WWE, who's going to use the rights for themselves on their own networks or streaming services or TV channels, whatever. So if a, if it was going to be, you know, the Saudi Arabia PIF that's going to buy this, uh, maybe they want to wait to see what, what WWE can get for Raw and SmackDown rights so they know what the real value of this company is. You know, and, and it's stable versus buying the company and then getting a disappointing deal or something like that. Um, this deal is reportedly close to being done before TV rights are done. Um, part of the synergies, though, of UFC merging with WWE and people like Ari Emanuel being involved is that, wow, it's a dream team now. It's Nick Khan and Ari Emanuel who, who get to team up and, and make the best possible deal. Um, that's a big part of of the attraction of, of creating this, this company, right? Absolutely. And you, know, you mentioned all the business partners in and around uh, Los Angeles this week for WrestleMania. There's a very good chance that the people have an understanding of where those rights are going to be. 
Um, I was here the last week saying, I don't know how somebody puts up the money to buy this without knowing what the TV rights would be. Based on the premiums being assigned um, on the enterprise value, it would make sense that it's understood these TV rights are either close to finalized and or will be significantly more than the current deal. Otherwise, how do you arrive at that premium? Right. The notion is that, well, we could get, you know, make up a number. We could get X if it's just Nick and, and W's team dealing with it. But if it's Nick and, and Ari's team dealing with it, we should be able to get X plus extra. Right. And you, you open up the, you open up the, the, you open up the playbook to start pairing UFC with WWE. And deal um, them together as a TV uh, we, entity. We heard, yeah, I mean, we heard talk about would, and again, it was very premature, but would WWE possibly start doing the upsells on the PLEs, the way that we've seen UFC have amazing success with that. Um, and you can start to envision a world where together, that is something that can be sold to consumers um, for premium and maybe is appealing You're to streaming scare services. All these wrestling fans listening, they're going to have to pay for, that's not, maybe WrestleMania is the most plausible. I just don't see a, a an upcharge pay-per-view world again for, for wrestling content, at least for, for WWE content. For WWE, no, but as a package, as a package with UFC or even as an offering for an ESPN plus. And again, this is speculation, right? But you can envision a world where they're offering a package to consumers. You're going to get WWE PLEs. You're going to get UFC pay-per-views for a bundle fee. And yeah, there's a lot of power to that because you have rabid audiences that, um, you know, now you can attract together. So th this leads uh, well into Ryan T's question. Will this shift programming to ESPN plus now like the UFC has? And guessing they will now charge for monthly PPVs, right? Also, the ultimate question is, will Vince be a part of creative? Um, the, the deals that they're under for the deals that Raw is under with UFC, uh, Raw is going to be on USA Network for mm -hmm. at least through October 2024. I doubt that this really changes where, where Raw and SmackDown and, and at, least, at least Raw. I'm pretty confident as of yesterday that Raw is going to stay on, on USA Network in the next round, right? Um, my my gut reaction, having thought about this for like an hour, you know, having known yeah. about this stuff for less than an hour, is that I think they would still be dealt separately for now. The the, the UFC deals expire about a year after the WWE deals, I believe. I could look mm -hmm. that up. Um, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, it it could make sense to deal them together, but as part of the the lesson of 2018 was that you know you deal Raw over here to to NBCU, you deal SmackDown over here to Fox, you make more money selling it piecemeal than that rather than selling it wholesale. Yeah, and one thing I had thought about um, in the last hour or so since this did break is maybe now you do take the most money, right? I, I joke that no one's going to congratulate you for saying the biggest number, the succession joke. But the reality is, is now with these premiums and with this kind of merger activity, maybe you do on one of those swing for the fences and take the most amount of money you can get as a way to boost revenue. And the other, uh, you know, let's say Raw stays on USA with its distribution and let's say deal SmackDown somewhere else. Maybe you do go somewhere that's offering you more money than an incumbent, even though you lose distribution because now revenue matters in a way that, you know, before you cared more about relevancy. Now you're partnering with the UFC. Now you got a whole nother way to attack that relevancy uh, question or relevancy challenge, and you can go for the biggest amount of money because you probably needed to fund this. So UFC's deal with Disney slash ESPN expires in 2025. So 
about a year. I think that's at the end of the year of 2025. So about a year after WEs will expire. Um, yeah, my my initial reaction here is that it's it, you make more money by selling them separately. But if there's some reason, maybe especially internationally, why you, why you would sell them together, sure. Um, I don't believe that WWE pay-per-views in the foreseeable future will be uh, an upcharge. I think they'll certainly W has a deal with Peacock through 2026. So if you're a U.S. consumer, you're going to have it as part of your Peacock uh, streaming service for the foreseeable future. Um, I think it makes maybe some sense to sell WrestleMania uh, as, as a pay-per-view because um, you could probably still sell a, a million pay-per-view buys worldwide for WrestleMania. Um, but there's a I, I lot di- of... I was just... Sorry, I interrupt you. I, I differ with you a little bit on that in the sense that I think now it becomes about maximizing revenue. Um, I think that if these companies are at the premiums they are and they're going to be merged into a new co, um, in order to maintain that valuation, you need to really drive revenue. And I think the success of UFC selling their pay-per-views is something to be looked at as a way for WWE to drive further revenue. It, it's, it just drives more revenue to, for WWE pay-per-views to yeah. be sold like traditional pay-per-views. And, and I'm not um, suggesting that would be a good thing for the fan base. I'm not suggesting that would retain as many viewers as it has right. today. Because in, in the success. long term... Certainly in the short term, you're going to have a lot of upset customers, right? right. In, the, in the long term, does that really end up creating more value? I'm not sure. Um, that's another discussion yeah. we're going to have to resolve today. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. It's, it's something that's um, interesting, right? I, I think that this is all stuff that will play out. I think given that UFC has the track record of success doing this, might that influence some thinking there? Of and how and we are coming it? to the end of this, maybe the plateauing of this big streaming play that's been happening right. across the media business. Anyway, um, also the ultimate question from Ryan T is that, uh, will Vince McMahon be a part of creative? I think he might be a part of creative now, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I think he's, I don't know how involved he is. I mean, I, I, if, if W and UFC merge and it's ultimately supervised by Ari Emanuel, I guess it's, it's, it's his approval authority as to whether Vince will be involved in creative again, but it sounds like he's going to continue being the executive chairman. Um, which could just be a figurehead role. Um, right. You're going to have, you're going to have Nick as president. You're going to have Mark Shapiro involved. Like you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It could just be to keep Vince in, in the, in the company, but maybe with less responsibilities though, eh, it'd be a big departure from what we've known historically. Yeah. And, and if, uh, the, the last six months or so, eight months or so have, have been to my view, uh, a, a clear example that Vince not being creative, Paul Levesque being the person in charge of creative is good for W's business. It, it has coincided with better TV ratings year over year. We've, we've we even had a, had, had an argument mm-hmm. about that on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You conceded mm-hmm. raw ratings indeed are genuinely up. SmackDown is genuinely up. Ticket sales, according to Russell Tick's ticket estimates are genuinely up year over year. Yes. So, Vince not being creative has been a good thing. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on to more questions. The, the perception that Vince is not involved in creative has been a very good thing um, from the day it happened, right? The idea that there's going to be a great opportunity for better content without Vince right away before we even saw what that looked like over the yeah. course of three, four months. The, it was the, the post SummerSlam episode of, of Raw did a big rating and it, it would do a big rating. It would do a better rating than usual for post Summer SummerSlam, regardless. But I think it did an, an even better rating because of this curiosity of what's Raw going to be like with Triple H and Creative instead of Vince. 
Um, I, I think going forward, you're going to see another round of increased eyeballs on the product with this kind of intrigue, right? What's it going to look like under a new... Is, is, is Vince in, in, in charge of this angle? Did that happen because of Vince? Did they retape that segment where they said wrestling because of Vince? This, this, the speculation will go on. Yeah. Um, will, cool, will Cooling asks, could Vince buy out all other WWE shareholders? Is Vince that cash rich? Does Vince have billions of dollars in free cash flow in his personal finances to buy these people out? I don't know Vince's checking account, his brokerage account. I would imagine no. I would imagine the answer, though, could be yes if he financed it. If he was able to figure out a way to finance buying everybody out, but that would not be out of his own pocket. He would have to go to outside, I would guess. I mean, we know that at one point for liquidity reasons or for what he had to pay for the XFL stuff, he right. did take a loan against shares. So Right. He took a margin loan out with, yeah. with Morgan Stanley. and I Against they, shares. Right. So yeah. – the idea that he would then want to buy everybody else's shares back, it seems like that'd be a really tough hurdle to climb for him um, from a liquidity standpoint. Like, I, I, I don't think know his personal finances. Vince is a very wealthy person, uh, but the vast majority of his wealth, I believe, is not liquid. It's it's on paper value in the 28 or so million shares that he in, in WB that he owns. So where would he get that kind of liquidity from? I don't know. And, and, and so XFL, his, his XFL 2.0, you know, had to fold and went bankrupt. And then he took a margin loan against his shares out with Morgan Stanley that I imagine he just, you know, he, he needed money. He didn't, he, he has billions of dollars in value in his W, w shares. So he took out a loan against those shares, some of those shares, not that many of his shares yeah, so that he could probably said he could have money. So he had cash, um, got a lot of NDA yeah. payments to, to make. Um, so, uh, if we have more, we, we do have more. Uh, this is from Nicholas who asks, so if WWE and UFC merge and it said Vince will be executive chairman, what would that mean? He's chairman of both the WWE and UFC combined company, but not the parent company endeavor, or will he be chairman of both companies? So according to the CNBC article, what we understand is you got, you got Ari Emanuel at the top and then maybe also at the top, Mark Shapiro. These are, these are endeavors, top two executives who will also be running the, the remain company with the talent agency and other assets, but, but overseeing this now UFC and W merge is Ari Emanuel, Mark Shapiro, and then they, they would be overseeing Nick and Vince. So no, Vince would not be the ultimate boss of this company is my read. No. And I don't think he'd have anything to do with endeavor. Um, I think it would be very specific to the, whatever the new co will be. Nothing related back to the parent company as Endeavor. And Dana White would be within this, run, running the UFC business. And Nick would be running, presumably, the WWE business per the article, um, which again, you know, but there's not a lot we know right now about what that executive chairman role may be. Um, there's certainly emeritus executive chairmen are there in name only and part of a company for legacy purposes. Given his recent employment agreement and the IP deals um, that he now has with the company where he owns his IP, I believe, um, yes. or has rights to it. I, there's reasons to keep him involved. What that means on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not just talking day-to-day -day operations like creative, but what his actual role within the organization is. I don't know that Vince on his own is going out to talk to yeah. business partners. And so to be clear, he would be the executive chairman of WWE, not the executive chairman of, of UFC, not the executive chairman of Endeavor. He would be the executive chairman of one of the two big assets within this merged company. 
okay, so is it does it does it clarify in the article? And maybe I misspoke there, so I apologize that he would it would only be on the WWE side. I my initial reading of it, and I'm doing this off my phone, so I can't bring it up. But McMahon my initial reading of it was yeah, McMahon likewise is expected to be executive chairman. So I don't know. I read that to be of Nuka. I'll, I'll just read the whole paragraph. Uh, Manuel, Emmanuel, that's Ari Emanuel, a media executive is expected to act as chief executive of both Endeavor and the new company. McMahon, likewise, is expected to be executive chairman. Okay, so maybe. While Endeavor president Mark Shapiro will also work in the same role at the new company, Dana White will remain president of USC and NW CEO Nikon will serve as president of the wrestling business. Okay, rereading that, that does sound like Vince is the executive chairman of merged WWE slash UFC. How do you think Dana White took the news that Vince McMahon will be the executive chairman of above him? <laughs> There's some fascinating dynamics here. Again, a lot to be told about what this org chart, when I say org chart, I basically mean who reports to who, what the structure is, whose responsibilities are whose. There's a lot to come about that. Um, this is just one paragraph out of the article. But yeah, uh, it's fascinating because you do now have a situation where a lot of really high profile individuals will be. Um, in charge and maybe stepping on toes or cooks in the kitchen or whatever, whatever cliche you want to use, this is now starting to emerge and we can see. And we'll probably see a new board. So for people who might not be familiar, WWE has, of course, has a board of directors. One of the big stories the last several months is that Vince came back. He had, he had always been the chairman of the board. He was out in July, even out of the board. He was out as CEO, out as chairman of the board. He forced his way back. In January, so Vince is right now the the chairman of the, of W's board of directors, along with Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, and a num- number of independent directors who do not work full time for WWE but have big executive jobs in, in other places and experience from from other fields, well, similar mm-hmm. fields. Mm-hmm. And so this will probably result in a new board. You think? Uh, for sure, yeah. New public company is going to have a new board. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of turnover on this board in the last, you know, in January specifically. Yeah. Which, you know, looking back, you can read into that, that it was a tumultuous time and that there was a lot of maybe conflicting ideas or opinions or beliefs about what was going on. Or it could have been clearing the deck for this because the strategic alternative was much more real than just being explored. It was, no, we're doing this and therefore let's get people involved here that want to be involved in that. I think of a Barrios and Wilson coming back maybe as a good example of that, given their other endeavors. (laughs) No pun intended, sorry. Um with their businesses and their, their content media. Yes. Uh, speaking of future endeavors, uh, Jacob asks, could you see massive cuts to roster and personnel if this deal goes through? You want to take that or I mean, so it's just opinion at this point. So I don't want to, I don't, I mean, first. I mean, well, let's, let's look at one of the, the biggest mergers of, of, of recent news is, is uh, discovery and Warner media that merged. When did they merge? Like two years ago, something like that. Um, and, and Discovery CEO David Zasloff became the CEO of WB, what we now call WBD, which mm-hmm. is AEW's TV partner. Um, and that led to a lot of layoffs. Uh, of course, it did coincide with a, a weakened overall economic state, at least, at least the stock market. Um, and usually what happens when you have companies that, that run similar businesses and you're merging them together, one of the ways that you justify that you're going to make greater profits is that you're, you have a lot of synergies and you have a lot of redundancy and you have some employees that you don't need anymore. So, um, 
what's interesting here is that it's not a true, it's not going to be a pure merge, right? You can't say that Endeavor has a legal team and an HR team and an IR team, and therefore we don't need WWEs. What you're going to wind up with is a new company that I imagine is not going to be leveraging those departments or those cross functions, the, the, the center, the overlap. You're not going to get the redundancies with Endeavor because it's a new company. So that'll be interesting to see kind of who moves over to the NUCO. Um, what is UFC's? But do you think there's a lot of similar job roles in UFC and in WWE? Yes, but on the corporate side, it'll be interesting because the UFC has been within Endeavor to date, right? So you can imagine Endeavor's HR, Endeavor's legal probably provides a big lift to UFC. Does UFC have that on its own? I'm sure they do have a capacity of it, but for a whole new public entity, so there's going to be services that UFC will need that that they will be parted from by being removed from Endeavor that WWE may already have that they will service them with. That's how I'm thinking about it, although it remains to be seen what involvement Endeavor, right? Because Ari will sit atop the two companies, so it does remain to be seen what exactly the role of Endeavor will be in kind of whether they're hands-on or hands-off with this new co. Um, They will remain a public company, EDR, and WWE will convert into this new merged entity so that 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 remains a question mark there their involvement so as far as talent goes um i think this is potentially a blow to uh progressing talent um talent workers rights and talent worker conflict like is this a seen- situation where i think what, what the maybe what jacob might be getting at here is mm-hmm. because this merger may be about to happen um do they need to cut costs and by way by way of cutting costs including do they need to cut talent is that something that makes sense I'm not thinking of it in terms of cutting talent, but I'm thinking of it in terms of future for talent. And we've seen how the UFC handles its talent. And I can't imagine them wanting to move in a more progressive way and sharing the pie more with talent when, in fact. You're talking about talent compensation as like a yeah, percentage well, of this company's yeah, revenue, yeah, yeah, which yeah, has yeah, been sure, an issue yeah. for UFC. It's been a criticism yeah. of UFC. It's been a strategy of UFC. And <laughs> likely how they wound up at a $12 billion enterprise value is that they are able to keep the talent costs low. And if you don't think that's a strategy happening in a boardroom somewhere, it is. So that is where I speculate this may be headwinds for WWE talent because I don't envision it getting much stronger or better going forward. But that, again, so much remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, UFC yeah. fighters like WWE wrestlers, not represented by a union. Um, mm-hmm. WWE workers, for that matter, not represented by a union. That's something that they disclose as mm-hmm. part of their filings. Um is it clear that the Saudis are not involved here? Um, I don't know. They- I, I say unclear because we do not know what the the, the financing of this truly looks like. Um, obviously, existing shareholders will get shares in NUCO. But I, I do speak about what happened when UFC was purchased was you had outside investors come in. Um, and again, it was private at the time. But I could envision a situation similar where outside investors are brought in to help provide the capital, um, maybe to make the financing work. And therefore, then they just receive equity or maybe it's preferred, um, some kind of preferred ownership or what have you, preferred secure, preferred shares in the new co. Um, that, that I expect will come out in a few next coming days or weeks if more and more details start to emerge. So EDR, uh, in- Endeavor, we, li- we listened to uh, Ari Emanuel on Endeavor's last earnings call, and we listened to him say something similar at was it the Morgan Stanley TMT conference, mm-hmm. where he said that, hey, look, you know, people were asking him, hey, we know W's for sale. He thinks it's, you know, Vince thinks it's worth nine billion. And we heard Ari Emanuel saying, 
you know, first of all, I'm not going to talk. We don't talk about our M&A transactions unless you want me to go to jail. And then he said, look, we're not going to do anything to he used some buzzword, but we're not going to do anything to increase our debt. Right. We're not going to anything change, to do, uh, change leverage, our leverage, position. our leverage position. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is possible with while, while that that remains true, that they're not going to incur more debt or is or is it just the the remain company, the talent agency and so forth? That's not going to incur the debt and that this new co will incur the debt. Yeah, my understanding of it, and I, I think we talked at the time, was think about what Ari is saying they will not do, not what they will do, because he wasn't saying what they would do. Um, my understanding is that once they spin out UFC, merge it with WWE, it's a new company. I don't envision, based on Ari's comments, that they are going to change anything in terms of Endeavor's actual leverage position or, or balance sheet. I, I would think that, if anything, this may help Endeavor, but... They're not going and to the, the, be the taking on debt. debt to do this deal. The issue with that is that Endeavor acquired UFC years ago and acquired a lot of debt to, to acquire to acquire UFC, um, and they've they've started to pay down that debt. Is, right. is one of their big achievements. And so, by not acquiring WWE, by doing this kind of a merge where you spin out UFC, merge it with WWE, you remain an equity owner in it. There's a possibility that you are not touching any of Endeavor's assets or liabilities other than the UFC. Um, and again, more to be seen, but yeah. that's how I understand it. Okay. There's a ton more to talk about. Yeah. Um, I think you have to go soon, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to a friend's and watch WrestleMania night two. Okay. I miss night one. Hey, so look, is everybody else. Three what? things that, three things that come to mind that I just want to put out there. Look at all the areas that UFC has been incredibly successful in the ESPN plus model where they are, um, obviously carrying a lot of ESPN plus success and obviously able to command higher fees for, uh, sorry, higher subscription rates. ESPN has raised their rates. They're able to get the premium on the pay-per-views. The new developments we've seen WWE get into, which I believe UFC has been doing, which is this idea of rights, uh, site fees, rights yeah. to go to sites. The last one being something that I understand that I missed WrestleMania last night, but I'll see it tonight. All that brand activation and how, UFC has been forever cinnamon you know, toast crunch. They have into it. Turbo tax. They have put all those logos on the canvases. They have all those brand uh, deals that you see when you watch a UFC event. And those three things to me are all things we've seen WWE moving towards. Am I going to see Zion's on a, on a W canvas soon? Zion's. Is that what, that what it was? I, you saw Logan Paul's drink energy. last night. You yes, saw man. Logan Paul's energy drink last night, yes. I believe from what yes. I hear. And those are areas that, Obviously, are proven to be very success, you know, financially successful. Uh, there, there's some it's yielding, lots of revenue to the company, and I continue to think about where WWE, from a viewer standpoint, and I am a fan like everyone else, right? Like as I consume this product, how is it changing? How is it evolving? It is not direct to consumer; it's more B to B or B to G, business to government. So, where might that? Where might the puck be going? What is UFC already doing? What can they do together that's even more powerful? Um, and, and it makes a lot of sense. I, I can't say this doesn't make sense. It's not who I saw coming in. Um, but there's a lot of synergy there and a lot of powerful go-to-market strategies that can be enacted that we've seen UFC do and WWE get further into. Something that would be pretty visible to to fans is that we might see Las Vegas, UFC, and WWE in the same weekend. Right. Something like that. Uh, sharing the same venue, perhaps even 
Totally. And you can sell that to advertisers. You can sell that to brand partners, to to title sponsors, and you can probably do so for a much higher rate when you have the two events than just one. Um, I know that intuitively makes sense, but again, behind the scenes, I think that's where they start to yield a lot of their um, economies of scale. There's a good buzzword, economies of scale. Coming together, being able to do this together is going to produce a lot more opportunity and maybe a lot more uh, revenue um, than a part, which must be, you know, obviously they're moving forward with this from what the report suggests. So. Okay. So we know very little, but we got a lot more to learn, I'm sure, in the in the hours and the days to come. I will be on post-wrestling tonight. Uh, post-wrestling will be doing a post-WrestleMania review show tonight as soon as WrestleMania is over with. Um, I will be on there for at least 10 minutes at the beginning of the program. Uh, that'll be on the, on the post-wrestling YouTube. Um, and, uh, you think we see anything tonight alluding to this on air? No, uh, no, right. no, I don't think so. Um, yeah. there's a, a, a wrestling Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling. you get my TV ratings reports that come out nearly every day. Am I going to have to start covering UFC TV ratings? Maybe, um, the wrestling Thursday 30 is a podcast just for subscribers that MJ joined me for this past Thursday. I have a big spreadsheet that you can get access to with all the wrestling TV ratings, as well as uh, slides for our podcast, as well as um, exclusive reporting that I do, including the, the backlash report that the Puerto Rican government is giving WWE $1.8 million in a site fee. Um, all that's at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. I think we got all of the super chats. So thanks for joining us. Um, WrestleNomics Radio will be back Sunday. I don't know if we'll be doing it at 11 a.m. because it is Easter, but uh, we'll be back on Sunday live for free on YouTube. Talk to you then. Bye.